A warm welcome to everyone who's listening or watching online. And if this is your first time here, we are Prayer for Israel. We're a Christian charity that supports Jewish and Arab believers in and around Israel. And so with this podcast, we'll be inviting figures of the Messianic body to tell us about their lives, their testimonies and their works. So today I'm pleased to have Azef Pellet, who is a Messianic Jew based in Holland. He's currently working for the International Mission to the Jewish People. So welcome Azaf, and uh, could you tell us a bit about yourself and the work that you do? So thanks, thanks for uh, for this privilege of having this uh, uh, chat, this interview. Um, my name, you have already told uh, the, the viewers. Um, and what I do has any everything to do with my uh, my story, my my testimony of uh, growing up in Israel as a secular Jew in a kibbutz, um, and then in my teen years, um, embarking on on a journey, as I always uh, viewed it, a journey for uh, answers to life's big questions uh who am i what am i doing here on earth um what's being jewish all about um what's up with with israel how come we don't have uh, peace with uh with our neighbors with other people among ourselves all these questions um and and this uh, uh started me uh, on, on a journey uh, which led me through many uh, isms that you can find uh, in Israel both in the kibbutz and outside uh, the first being um, secular Zionism uh, the movement that I was most connected to and next were uh, when I couldn't find answers there I went on into the uh, new age uh, mysticism, Eastern mysticism, you can say, uh, which is also very strong in Israel. And there also tried to listen to whatever answers they were giving to, to life's questions. Uh, and again, uh, returned uh, with disappointment as the answers uh, seemed uh, shallow and and didn't seem to, to satisfy my um uh, my my existential longing for uh real deep answers that fit that would answer my my heart's longing uh so next through a series of events i can i i, I uh, uh was put in touch with an orthodox rabbi who um invited me uh, for let's say something like a, a dialogue or a study with him to explore um you can say judaism's answers uh orthodox judaism and and then i started reading many books started interacting with him about what uh, judaism has to offer in essence um and again in uh, in hindsight uh, i i'm very thankful that these uh, answers also didn't 
satisfied and hence I, I moved on. And when I moved on at, at a certain point, I found a Hebrew New Testament that was just uh, sitting there uh, collecting dust in my parents, uh, uh, on my parents' bookshelf. Um, and then I discovered that years ago, even before I was born, my parents got this book from a, uh, a Christian who was at the time in the kibbutz and who befriended them and who gave them this book, hoping that they would uh, read it and be, uh, be helped, be blessed by it. Um, I, in fact, was the one to pick it up and to read it. And uh, yeah, it, it's uh, to, to, to uh, tell a, a long story short, uh, it turned my world upside down or right way up. Um, because it is there where I, I met uh, Yeshua, Jesus, for the very first time. And, um, yeah, although not everything was uh, clear right away, I knew when I found him that this was uh, the, the, the find of a lifetime, you can say. Uh, I knew somehow intuitively that um, in, in finding him, I found the uh, um, the key to to the answers that I was looking for, and uh, then came a, a long story of how this very first encounter uh, became a, a, a full encounter with who uh, the Messiah of of Scripture is, um, and this spanned both my time in Israel and our move to the Netherlands, where Right here in the Netherlands, I started attending a, uh, a local church uh, in the city, in the town that we moved to. But uh, when finally I, I discovered who Jesus is, who Yeshua is, um, it became my, uh, my passion, my longing, but also very clearly my calling to... Uh, help other Jewish people uh, hear about him, about this uh, Jesus of the New Testament, uh, as I recognized him by then as uh, Israel's Messiah, as my personal Lord and Savior, uh, but also very distinctly as uh, the Messiah of Israel, the, the key to us as Jews understanding uh, are what 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 being Jewish is all about? Yeah. So um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um. What was your friends and family's reaction to you becoming this this new new person, this person who knew Yeshua? Um. So on the one hand, uh, growing up, I was uh, quite a a uh, shy and timid. Uh, youngster, um, afraid, apprehended about many things, and meeting Jesus uh, changed me gradually uh, into a, a much more uh, hopeful, um, strong, 
uh, uh, person, happy person also. And this was something that uh, family and friends, particularly my, my uh, parents, were very uh, happy about. But the, the Jesus uh, stuff, the Jesus part, they were not so, uh, so sure about and definitely not so happy about. Um, because particularly my, my father saw it as a great threat because in Israel, in the kibbutz, uh, you grow up uh, very clearly with the understanding that there are just uh, two groups in the world, us and them, us Jews and all the rest. And um, Moses and the Torah and the Tanakh and Israel, this is our stuff. But Jesus, New Testament church, that's all their stuff. That's the, the them, the Gentiles, the goyim. So my father was very afraid, thinking from this paradigm, that now that I have said yes to, to Jesus, that uh, in essence, I'm saying uh, no to being Jewish, uh, no to my connection with, uh, with Israel, with the Jewish people. Um, and so, yeah, that's definitely something that uh, threatened to, to drive a, a wedge between us and gave uh, for some time quite uh, a lot of animosity uh, between us. Sure. So was it a difficult sort of upbringing in terms of them coming to realize that you knew Shua? Was it, did it create a divide between your parents or? Um, well, uh, for a time, uh, of course, I was just, exploring a whole new world that I was uh, unaware of and didn't have uh, the words to explain what was going on uh, inside of me. Um, at the same time, I, I longed to, to uh, remain in this relationship with my parents, to love, to honor them, to respect them, to witness to them. Um, and of course, growing up in Israel, this whole dynamic of uh, where does it leave you when you as a Jew say yes to Jesus? Am I then still a Jewish person or have I become a, a, a Christian? Um, mind you, this is, of course, in the pre-Google era uh, when... Uh, all the questions that you had, you had to, uh, to to search for answers elsewhere. Internet was just starting to become something. Um, so even the, the thought of uh, other Jewish people uh, confessing Jesus as Messiah uh, didn't uh, didn't come into my mind and I haven't heard of it initially. And only later in my search, when both from reality around me, I heard of other Jewish people who believe in Jesus, but also from scripture, I saw that this paradigm that we were brought up with was actually false, that 
if a Jewish person says yes to Jesus, that he would then become, quote unquote, a Christian, uh, deserting his Jewish heritage, his Jewish culture and identity, that it's false. Because if I, as a Jew, come to Yeshua, the Jewish Messiah, uh, and through him to the God of Israel, I don't become uh, all of a sudden something else than a Jew. But by this uh, choice, by coming to this uh, Jewish Messiah, I have fulfilled what being Jewish is all about, recognizing and, and loving and uh, uh, devoting yourself to uh, the God of Israel through the Messiah of Scripture. And uh, when I started understanding that and, and living accordingly, and later on when I married and we got uh, kids by, by God's grace, um, I, I started um, expressing my longing also within our family that I want to uh, bring my kids up very much in a Jewish atmosphere, very uh, robustly messianic, but also uh, in a very uh, distinctly Jewish way, so that in our home we speak uh, Hebrew, our kids are bilingual, bilingual, and uh, we celebrate the feasts of Israel. So uh, this reality was something that my father, my mother, uh, witnessed firsthand, and so even though my father to this day still uh, is not so uh, so happy about my faith in Jesus, and he himself is still, you can say, set on the fence, at least he is very, very respectful and very convinced that um, being Jewish and believing in Jesus is... Uh, at least something that I do with uh, great uh, harmon harmony and authenticity. So, yeah, that, that was definitely a testimony that God uh, used in our family relationships, which have then also, of course, become much less tense, much more loving once again. Sure. I mean, it's wonderful to see... Um, how Yeshua has changed your life and how you've become, well, I know in the Jewish circles and Jew Messianic circles, the complete Jew as, um, is quite a well-known saying. Is that what you think would be a correct way of saying it, a complete Jew? Well, um, it, it, of course, when I speak with other Jewish people, uh, be they uh, secular or orthodox, ultra-orthodox, uh, when you speak, uh, use that kind of language. It's it's very uh, laden, very loaded. So uh, I I try to to use language which is less uh, loaded and and to more explain uh, why I think that uh, being Jewish and believing in Jesus uh, is is a right and true and biblical expression of of uh, of Judaism. Um, but yeah, of course, for myself, um, 
as a Jew coming to, to the right understanding of who the God of the Bible is and how we connect to him through Jesus, this uh, completes me. This um, shows me what, what being Jewish is all about. Being Jewish is uh, a thousand things and, and, and one more, but in the very first place, it is uh, knowing who your God is, uh, from, from whom the name uh, Jew derives. I mean, uh, the, the name Yehudi uh, comes from Yehuda, Judah, which has everything to do with this verb of uh, to, to uh, praise God, to thank God, to honor God, um, where the, the word uh, Toda also comes from. So uh, as a Jew, knowing God, that's what it's all about. Sure. Um, well, thank you. Um, the work you do with the Jewish Orthodox, could you tell us a bit more about your outreach and how you kind of talk to them and what you talk to them about? How does how are they, you know, how do they receive that? Is it well, well received or I, I can imagine it's quite difficult, um, <laughs> a difficult situation. It is a, a challenging uh, encounter for both sides, uh, obviously. Um, and what I have tried to do uh, throughout the years is to just be present, or as we, we say in uh, uh, International Mission to Jewish People, uh, to be in the way of Jewish people, to, to be present where they are. Um, and of course, whether they are uh, secular or orthodox, Hasidic or or what have you, um, and then, as the saying goes, uh, where there are uh, two Jews, there are three opinions. Um, we are a, a very diverse people, and that's something which you also see in uh, encounters with various Jewish people and with also evangelism. So, of course, the majority of um, Orthodox Jews, of Hasidic Jews, are, as, as some Brits would say, uh, not amused when I uh, uh, share Jesus with them or when I hand them uh, a tract uh, about the gospel. But sometimes I, I get... Uh, very uh, surprising encounters when uh, in a Jewish cafe or on the bus or on the street, all of a sudden, uh, and often it is when we are uh, protected from the uh, watching eyes of the community, all of a sudden we sit there or we, we find each other just one-on-one, -on -one, again, without having the whole community look at us and, and watch us. And then it's basically just two Jewish people um, exchanging perspectives on life, on scripture, uh, on current affairs, but also on, on the main, uh, main issues that make us uh, human, uh, where do you find hope? How do you change the bad stuff that you see in you? 
um, when you uh, get up in the morning or when you go to, to bed at night, what is the force that drives you on? Um, and, and then and there, this uh, sense and also not just this feeling, this emotion, but also this awareness, this uh, factual knowledge that I am forgiven through the work of another um, is something that I, I happily uh, bring to the fore and share with them. And, and for some, it has been uh, an amazing thing to, to hear. And more recently, one of my Orthodox uh, contacts um, was, was amazed as in, in a time where he was in a, a going through a personal crisis, um, he uh, anecdotally uh, knocked on many doors of uh, people in his Orthodox community and was was denied answer, was denied help. And when I met him, I happily uh, helped him in some practical ways. But this opened the door to us interacting with one another. And uh, in, in our ongoing uh, meetings, he started sharing about how uh, now he is uh, starting to understand what uh, being righteous is is all about. That it's not so much about um, outward appearance, uh, dressing uh, in accordance with a certain uh, uh, law, or um, having knowledge of certain books per se uh, but something that i hope by god god's grace i uh, uh i i uh i i show in my life this uh, life uh, this uh, love for uh, god which then is translated into genuine love to, to others, genuine interest in others. Sure. So could you tell me a bit about where you go to evangelize and where, where exactly are you located? And do you feel that the, the Orthodox Jews or the, the people that you speak to are in a certain way? Do they, do they keep themselves themselves or in different communities to other people? Um, well, again, uh, there too, um, there is great diversity. So uh, I am located in the uh, middle of, uh, of the country, the middle of the Netherlands, uh, in a small city called uh, Ede, um, and about an hour away from uh, Amsterdam, where the largest Jewish community is. And the Netherlands uh, has a Jewish community of some uh, 50,000 Jewish people, as the estimates uh, goes, uh, most of whom are secular. So um, 
most of the Orthodox don't have the, the privilege of having a big and thriving uh, Orthodox community, community to be part of. So uh, you also see most of them uh, taking part in overall society um, in everything that they do. Um, very different, uh, for instance, from the community in Antwerp, in uh, Belgium, uh, a neighboring country. So when I go to, to Antwerp, that's one of my go-to places, uh, Antwerp and the, the Jewish uh, uh, district there. Um, and this is a, a very um, a distinct area where, where I know that if I go there, I'll be able to have uh, interaction with uh, Hasidic uh, Jewish people, with uh, the ultra-Orthodox Jews. Um, so as, as far as uh, the ultra-Orthodox outreach goes, that's mainly there. And in Amsterdam, of course, you get a little bit of everything. So whenever I go on a weekly basis, I go to Amsterdam, uh, sometimes on my own, sometimes with some uh, um, volunteers. We get the opportunity to uh, speak with everyone, everything from uh, Israelis who have come to live in the Netherlands, uh, secular Jewish people, uh, Dutch Jews, uh, more educated, less so, uh, more religious and more secular, the, the whole uh, scale. Um, and and these, uh, these conversations are uh, very uh, interesting, very challenging, especially challenging is the fact that um, in, in, the, in the first conversation, you can uh, start a conversation uh, about Israeli politics or uh, the question whether God exists at all in the first place. And then in the next conversation, you can have a very in-depth conversation with a, an Orthodox Jew about uh, Jesus versus the, the Talmud, the oral law. Um, or uh, from, from the one conversation, there is a very strong focus on uh, a person who doesn't believe that uh, sin is, is even an existing uh, concept to another conversation with an Orthodox Jew where the conversation revolves all around uh, how do we find forgiveness for our sins? Is it via uh, our own deeds and our fasting on Yom Kippur and our studying of the oral law? Or is it via, as we believe, uh, the uh, vicarious uh, death and, and the sacrifice of Messiah for us? And every, everything in between, I have had conversations about uh, history, uh, quantum physics, uh, <laughs> philosophy, poetry, everything. And, and then you have to really be, be thinking on your feet the whole time. And of course, I, I'm no Einstein. Uh, sometimes I, I have to tell people, well, you know what? That's a very good question. 
and I don't have a good good answer for you, but I'm willing to go home, have a think, have a read, and meet with you next week, and hopefully have some sort of an answer for you. And um, yeah, that that that's what makes uh, my work so uh, so increasingly interesting. Uh, you deal with with people. You deal with their personal stories. Uh, you deal with their uh, intellectual baggage, uh, but you also deal with um, first and foremost with being a missionary, with being there, with this uh, commission to not spend the whole conversation talking about uh, quantum physics. I know, I mean, what do I, as, as a, a simple kibbutz guy, know about quantum physics? Um, but to, at, at some point, search for the transition to God, the gospel, uh, sin, and spiritual reality, and do it in a way that does justice to the questions that they have brought up and to to where they are in life and that's that's an interesting challenge um but that's also a a spiritual reality of course where i understand that um very different to um someone who who sells something an idea or or any goods um Sometimes we say about Jewish uh, evangelism, we are uh, selling ice to Eskimos. Uh, we are there to, to tell Jewish people about God, uh, about how to be in covenant with God. And so many Jews, when they meet us, when they hear what I have to say, they say, okay, thank you. I'm already in a, in a relationship with God. And then, of course, the challenge is to uh, respectfully say that uh, this uh, relationship that they are having is not based on what God has already revealed in, in Scripture. And yes, this definitely makes for a, a very challenging, very interesting um, profession. Uh, and, and the way to, to fill your day and to fill your uh, your outreaches. But this is also, um, this was the, the point that I had in mind, uh, this is also what, what brings me here to this interview with prayer for Israel, uh, different than, than just people who sell something. I'm selling something, you could say in a way, which my public uh, which my target audience is not interested in and thinks that it doesn't even need and that's where prayer uh, comes to the fore without prayer for revelation for uh, quickening of of dead hearts of opening of of blind eyes i, I can uh talk until I'm blue in the face, nothing will happen. People will hear me 
and perhaps say, well, that's quaint, that's interesting, that's uh, a lovely way to look at it uh, on a good day. Um, but without the Spirit of God intervening, that's where it's going to stay. Whereas with the Spirit of God, and we have uh, the prophetic word full with, with promises about it, um, heaven comes down and, and people actually change by the power of the gospel. So that's, uh, that's my burden, but, but my burden is also to communicate how important it is for uh, Christians uh, around the world to pray for the salvation of Jewish people. Also here in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam and elsewhere, uh, to pray for this revelation uh, both of their need of the Messiah and also of how uh, fitting Jesus, Yeshua, is as the Jewish Messiah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about um, the young people that you said you taught to. I don't know if it's the same situation that you have in the Netherlands, but in the United Kingdom, it seems that God has lost its sort of relevancy in today's society. No one wants to kind of talk about God. No one's really kind of interested in God. And I think, especially with the younger generation, the, the children now, they're, they're not being brought up with the discussion of God in their schools. It's, it's being left out. And you see that people or younger children and teenagers and young adults are they interested more in knowing about God or do, when you talk to them, do they just kind of brush it off completely? Because it seems to be that people are so non-interested in God because they haven't been told to be interested in God. Yes, uh, uh, people definitely here in the Netherlands as well. And, and also, uh, for the most part, in the Jewish uh, community, uh, grow up in a godless society um, and most of them have never seen any um, anything which uh, challenges this idea that religion or faith in God uh, are totally irrelevant. So um, th that's definitely, again, a, a big challenge uh, when you meet people uh, and you have uh, five minutes to explain why uh, meeting, uh, having met God was the, the uh, single uh, most amazing thing that happened to me um, and, and do it in a way which is uh, authentic and trustworthy. I have an impossible uh, sales pitch to make, to, to put it like that. Uh, what I usually do is just give, give truth as it, as it is uh, and try to, to have a, a short uh, bit of the gospel um, of what Jesus came uh, to achieve on earth. Uh, on our behalf, 
usually I share a little bit of my testimony. And then I see where the conversation goes. And I try to, to have a conversation about um, uh, more general uh, themes, which whether you are orthodox or secular, where, whether you are Jewish, Christian, or anything else, uh, stuff that, that uh, speak to you, stuff like uh, hope, motivation, um, uh, feeling accepted, um, feeling esteemed, and, and see where that goes. But I always also, when I see any sort of interest, uh, give the invitation when I say that, of course, it's very easy for me to say on the street to a complete stranger that uh, Jesus has, has changed my life, um, but that I, I invite them uh, to come over. I invite them for a meal or for a feast or whatever uh, to meet me, to meet my family, and uh, to get to know us, to, to see whether uh, this statement that I gave to them on the street in five minutes, whether it accords with, with my life or not, whether my life truly has been changed for the better uh, or not. Um, and by God's grace, uh, quite a few have taken me up on this uh, invite and have... Uh, come into our uh, our family's life and have vis visited once or more uh, whether it's our our Shabbat uh, meals or our feasts or just have become uh, friends of mine friends of the family and uh, yeah it's it's something that I'm quite uh, thankful for yeah I mean it's wonderful to hear that you share the food with them is it, is it Shabbat meal yeah, 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 and um, yeah, that's that's great. I mean, it's are they Orthodox Jews that come in, or are they just secular people as well? So the the great majority of those coming are uh, non-Orthodox, are either uh, traditional or or keeping some of the mitzvot, or uh, completely secular. Um, yeah have had some uh, conversations and also some invites to uh, the more orthodox to uh, to come along and, and join. Um, up till now, most haven't taken me up on this uh, on this invite, but we hope and pray and, and continue on. But uh, yes, uh, over the years, um, the the feasts of Israel have proved to be uh, a, a wonderful um, blessing in that um, for our family, it's a very um, clear way for me to um, uh, teach my kids a lot about what uh, being Jewish is about. It gives me a platform uh, to teach uh, my kids, my family, about um, how uh, Christ, about how Messiah is portrayed in the uh, Hebrew scriptures and in the feasts of Israel from Passover 
up until uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot. Um, but it, it also gives this wonderful uh, platform, you can call it a, a missional platform, to invite Jewish people over to um, uh, come to a setting which, uh, in, in one sense, is very familiar to them. It's the feasts that most of them uh, grew up with and, and know as the back of their hands. Uh, but at the same time, because we infuse them with a, a messianic meaning, uh, they are hearing something new in these feasts and are, are challenged by this message. And uh, again and again, this has been something which uh, which was a, a source of uh, a lot of interaction, a lot of, of interest, lots of, of learning and discovery for many Jewish people who discovered that uh, there is this connection that they didn't even know about between Jesus, whom they perceived as uh, the, the Christ of the Gentiles, and their own um, Jewish feasts, like, like Pesach, Passover, or, or the various other uh, feasts. And, and that's something which uh, each time again, I find uh, to be an amazing uh, uh, strategy, you can call it, uh, that God laid in the feasts. Yeah, brilliant. It's, it's really encouraging to hear that people are so, well, I know you've told about people not being receptive, but also it's great to see that people are receptive and it seems like a good way of them understanding about Yeshua, about the feast as well. So that's wonderful to hear. Um, I wanted to ask as well, do you have many people that actually come through to being a believer? Are there many success stories or testimonies of people that you see or that you know or you hear of that you know you can see the seed being planted and eventually them becoming a believer yes um so obviously part and parcel of of being a, a missionary and being a good missionary is uh a bit like being a farmer uh it's sowing uh lots of of seeds um and uh, unlike the farmer, uh, I don't uh, always and I don't usually see what happens with all the seeds that I sow. So over these uh, last eight years that I've been working with uh, uh, first Christian Witness to Israel until our name change into uh, uh, International Mission to Jewish People, I have sowed uh, thousands of seeds in many, many uh, gospel conversations, both in the Netherlands, in Antwerp, uh, Belgium, and in other countries, um, had many uh, wonderful conversations with many, many Jewish people. Um, and I, I don't know what came, uh, came of all these uh, conversations, but... Um, in recent years, I have also seen uh, a few Jewish people express faith in uh, Jesus as Messiah. 
um, and and this is something which which fills me with with great joy, and also there again I see quite a diversity in in the Jewish people who express faith in uh, Yeshua and Jesus as Messiah. Some of them are very old. In fact, uh, one person that I'm in touch with is a uh, Holocaust survivor that has recently, about uh, a year ago, expressed faith in, uh, in Yeshua. Uh, some have come as refugees from other countries, one particularly from a uh, uh, Muslim country. Um, a couple of them are Israelis. So, uh, and, and with all of them, I am in touch to try to, uh, to aid them, to assist them, uh, to um, offer them uh, something by way of, of discipleship, helping them to uh, come to grips uh, as, as I tried when I first came to faith to understand uh, what being Jewish is all about and how Jesus fits into this equation to help them realize that indeed uh, Jesus is the, the Jewish Messiah and as Paul said, uh, this and he and the gospel is nothing for us to be ashamed of, but uh, uh, on the contrary, to be very proud of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, as we, as we said before, it's quite a difficult situation, I can imagine, to, uh, to deal with people, especially the new information that people have to process and the bias that they have to kind of deny themselves and realize um, what you're trying to tell them. So it's definitely a, a source for prayer, really, isn't it? Um, yes, most definitely. Well, yeah. at the same time, it is a, a source of, of blessing. Uh, I shared before how in my search, uh, uh, Google and, and YouTube and all these uh, aids on the Internet have been uh, of, of little help. Uh, in, in our day and age, you can just open up uh, YouTube or Google and tick uh, uh, Jesus, Jewish Messiah, Messianic Jews, or something along those lines, and you get uh, thousands, if not uh, hundreds of thousands of hits, uh, which are all very relevant and which give very, very uplifting information how uh, Jewish people around the world are coming to the re realization that Jesus really is the Messiah prophesied to us by uh, the Hebrew scriptures and how fitting it is for us to uh, place our trust in him. Uh, it doesn't make uh, this coming to grips with it personally much, much easier, but at least there are many more uh, aids along the way to help us in our search. Yeah. Well, thank you, Atif. Um, just a few more sort of questions. What I would like to know is what's, what are your biggest challenges as, as an open Messianic Jew and also in your ministry? What do you find is the toughest thing? And maybe we could lead that on to also prayer requests as well, if you have any prayer requests for your work. Yes. So um, 
one of the, the greatest challenges is um, the, the ongoing missional work where uh, a big part of it has to do with friendships, with relationships. And, and I am a, a, uh, a person who likes, who loves uh, interaction, who loves to be in relationship, in friendship with other people, who invests himself, who invests time in these relationships, uh, all the while knowing that um, there is a, a great uh, divide between us. So um, when I am uh, in contact with, with Jewish people, I invite them uh, over into my home, but I also invite them into my life, also knowing that there may come a time, and for most of them, there will come a time when they say no to Jesus, and essentially also no to uh, their connection, their contact with me. And this is what makes uh, this work challenging, that you get to know people, you get to be uh, intimately acquainted with some, some parts of their lives, uh, you, you grow, grow fond of them, and then sometimes, all of a sudden, you are thrown out of their lives as they uh, have decided uh, that they don't want uh, uh, to, to um, obey the call of the gospel to give their lives to, to God. Um, so essentially, what that goes back to is this uh, utter need that we have uh, for the Spirit of God to reveal to, to these people their need of a Savior, their need of Messiah, and then to open their, their eyes to, uh, to Jesus as he is portrayed in scripture. Sure. So that was uh, the, the first question. The second question, can you remind me? Yeah, just do you have any requests, prayer requests for your ministry or your personal um, life that you could share with us? Uh, so two things come, come immediately to mind. Of course, one thing, um, is my my family and and especially our uh, kids i have uh, three kids um two boys and a girl ages uh, eight ten and uh, twelve and uh, while uh, i spent a lot of, of time and energy um reaching out to uh, jewish people outside our home it is also my very strong longing that my uh, kids will grow up uh, knowing and, and loving uh, their God, knowing and loving uh, Jesus, Yeshua, as Messiah and Savior. Um, of course, now they are still young, um, but it is our, our strong longing and passion that they will uh, come to know uh, 
Jesus uh, savingly. So personally, that's a major request. Um, and with regard to the work, I guess another very strong uh, urge that I have is that more churches, both here in the Netherlands and in the UK, will understand the urgency of Jewish evangelism and will um, connect to this mission, not just particularly to uh, PFI or IMJP, to our, uh, both of our organizations, but will understand why it is so urgent for Jewish people to know their Messiah and why it is uh, essentially, as scripture explains, the key to whatever will follow in our world and will then uh, devote themselves to praying for the salvation of the Jewish people wherever they are, whether it's in, in Israel, in the UK, or in the Netherlands. Um, so my, my, my call, my, my plea to, uh, to everyone uh, viewing it is uh, come over and help us. Come over and help us uh, in prayer and in all other means that you can, uh, can think of. Yeah. I think we share the same, like I say, we share the same mission really is to have Jewish people saved. And it's really encouraging to see, as well, especially in Israel, the amount of people that are coming um, to be a Messianic Jew, a, a believer in Yeshua. Um, it's something that we will be praying for and we do pray for. And we really encourage those who are listening to to pray and keep that in your prayers because it's it's a very needed um thing that happened is that Jewish people will come to know their Messiah. Um, it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's been fantastic to have you, Azafis. Really appreciate your time with us. Um, we're coming up to just nearly an hour, which has flown by, really. Um, was there any sort of last message you wanted to leave with people, or are we okay to wrap it up there? Yes, happy to wrap it up. Wrap it up. Thanks for uh, for having me. And um, uh, thank you for all the uh, listeners who are already uh, um, connected to PFI and uh, more importantly, who are already investing time and energy in prayer for Israel uh, from this uh, perspective that we just uh, shared. Thank you. Sure.